With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. to another episode of Purple Insider inside TCO Performance Center. Matthew Collar along with Tyler Dunn of Go Long TD. We are usually seeing each other in other little windows. You're trying to reduce the amount of echo in your office. But uh, while we are actually in quite an echoey room, but we've got good microphones here. Uh, Great to see you, man. Great to spend a couple of days watching Vikings Titans practice with you. It is an honor to be on the Purple Insider podcast when we are literally inside purple. We are surrounded by purple walls. So that's that's how a podcast has to be done. We're, we're, we're here in the literal sense. Yeah, that's really like where the name came from. It was very uh, well thought out. It's like yes. I'm inside the building and their team color is purple. And that's how I came up with it. I mean, you guys never knew that and now you do. So you learn something every day. Uh, let's talk about what we saw in practice today. And if we want to talk about the Titans quarterbacks, we can because the Vikings did pass on both of them in the NFL draft. So if you've got any takes on that, we can also throw those out there. But uh, I think it's hard for a joint practice to just say, they look great to me, Super Bowl, baby. Uh, but what I have noticed, and I, I don't know how you couldn't, is just how different the defense is for the Minnesota Vikings. It was such a travesty last year it was one of the worst defenses in the entire nfl and you could tell how much the tennessee titans were not enjoying playing up against it and how aggressive it was and also how just different in terms of personnel it is even you have marcus davenport out there who's kind of trying to revamp his career byron murphy is trying to kind of prove the arizona cardinals wrong i mean there's a lot of guys out here that i i think are really pushing for that next step in their careers. And it's made it a very competitive training camp. Starting with Brian Flores, right? He's got something to prove. Ended ugly in Miami. It got personal at the end. Uh, didn't see eye to eye with Tua Tonga Viola. Had it out. We wrote about it last year, actually. So what, he goes to Pittsburgh, kind of gets his career back on track with Mike Tomlin, whatever role he had there. Kind of, I guess, Mike Tomlin's right-hand man. Mm-hmm. And now this is his chance to run a defense again. And it, as you said, was one of the worst defenses in the entire NFL. Really one of the worst in Vikings history, right? Statistically. So if he turns this around, I mean, he's got something to prove. This is his career on the line. Uh, it starts with him and he's an intense guy. It, it's probably what they need in a lot of respect. I was talking to a player yesterday who said, you know, sometimes our meetings need to be a little harder on guys last season. So that's not going to be a problem with Brian Flores. And then you kind of sprinkle in what you just noted players with a lot to prove. You could see it. You're right. It's hard to draw a lot from one practice in a climate controlled. Actually, it wasn't climate controlled. No, it was really it was windy out yeah, there. Very windy. Very windy. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that there was a play. Might have even been seven on seven. So there wasn't even a, a pass rush. 
but Will Levis had to escape the pocket. He was scrambling for some reason. And Andrew Booth like fell down. It was right in front of me in the back of the end zone, fell down on, you know, the backup backups, backup receiver. He was covering the guy was wide open, but the fact that Will Levis didn't see him because he was scrambling was why he didn't get him the ball. So it's the chicken and the egg thing. I feel like that's the question. If they can get a pass rush, mm-hmm. if yep. they can somehow make the quarterback uncomfortable to some degree, it's just going to help everything. And you could kind of get that feeling today overall. Yeah. And that's all I think the big debate and uh, you are centralized in Buffalo. So you would have seen the bills play against uh, the Brian Flores, Miami dolphins. And I went through when he got hired every game, how the quarterbacks performed against the blitz. And uh, the way that it went was either quarterbacks had like a 40 quarterback rating or 140. And I guess when you're in a position where you're evaluating a lot of young players and you're trying to turn it around from being such a meh, just vanilla, brutal to watch defense. We always know this in the NFL. If you had Mike Zimmer as the coach, the gruff defensive guy, you hire the offensive guy who's nice, right? Like that's just what you do in the NFL. But I think that they couldn't have needed anything more than someone that brings an edge to this team. And I also think that with Kevin O'Connell, he has created a, a really, really excellent culture here. It's something that's overblown and talked about too much, but then shows up in that NFL PA survey and we get it from the camp vibes and everything else. But I think you do need somebody who has a serious edge to them. And, and Brian Flores is that guy. It's such a balance because you don't want to go to the other extreme, the country club scene. I, I saw it in Buffalo, Rex Ryan, year one, 2015. That was the pendulum swing. I mean, you covered Doug Marone. It was not an enjoyable experience for most involved with the Buffalo Bills franchise under Doug Marone. So they swing to Rex. Everybody loves him as a, as a person, as a coach, his pregame speech is not necessarily the scheme. The scheme drove those defensive players insane at times, but you know, I'm at a training camp practice and it's just, you know, families are everywhere and it's, it's nice, but it was a little too laid back. And I think that that spilled into the season and it, it did affect a talented team, the fact that they didn't have that source of intensity that you probably do need to have, right? You don't have to be a, uh, just a total, I forget, I can't swear on this podcast. You don't have to be a miserable prick. Can I say prick? Probably not. Uh, jerk? Jerk. Okay. Jerk. How's that work? Well, we'll edit that out. <laughs> so yeah, you don't, you don't have to be that. And then you don't have to be the country club, but you can be a coach that players want to run through the wall for, mm-hmm. that they want to show up to work for, make it enjoyable. If it comes from a place of love, yeah, you're going to be hard on guys. I'm talking about the head coach. I don't think it hurts to have a coordinator who's going to push you and call you out in meetings. And that's what Flores is probably going to bring. Well, and just, uh, you know, the fact that he has previous head coaching experience, Kevin O'Connell going into only his second year as a head coach, there is, I I think, a little bit of uh, maybe just synergy between guys who have been in that role before. If you've never been in that role, you don't know what it's like to be in that role and how much is just resting on your shoulders as the head coach. I think that that's a really tough spot to be in. And Kevin O'Connell having another person to bounce things off, uh, I I think is helpful for him. At the same time, I have wondered, Flores is so aggressive in practice. And we heard Kirk Cousins talk about it today. If it, I don't want to say hurts the offense, it's going to be a good offense. We know from last year what it is. 
but it seems to every time Kirk Cousins talks about it, he's kind of very hesitant to say, oh, it's great to practice against because he keeps thinking about this isn't the type of defense we're going to face in week one. And it seems to be kind of flustering him a little bit. I thought that was really interesting. I mean, you're at a lot of these Kirk Cousins press conferences, and I'm sure he has mastered the art of saying a lot with maybe not really saying a lot of substance. Like like most quarterbacks, yep. he was pretty open today on that back and forth. And I think at one point he even took his fists and like he's like, "Hey, we're going at it some nights. I'm trying to figure out how we get." stuff accomplished because the offense has to get ready for week one. They've, they've got to get ready for the defenses they're going to see. They got to work on things they need to work on. I do think it's the right way to go. If they are kind of skewing the other direction, it's, it's not the offense that needs a lot of work. It's, it's the defense with a new coordinator, a lot of new pieces, Look, they, they, they should be unleashing every kind of blitz, every kind of look they can because they, they need the work. And Kirk Cousins even said this though too. It's it's going to help him. Mm-hmm. It's a long season. He's going to see blitzes and looks and coverages that he didn't prepare for, didn't think of, and maybe Brian Flores just throwing all this at him right now. You know, he's he's a really smart guy, as, as everybody learned on on the Netflix series. There's going to be something in the back of his brain that he's going to tap into in week twelve, week thirteen, maybe even the playoffs. It's like, oh, and I did see something like that mm-hmm. in training camp, and he'll have an answer for it. Well, and he said that it's given him a bigger menu of plays to deal with certain looks that he's getting, which I'm sure there are teams that are going to send similar blitzes. It's not like Brian Flores is the only one who knows how to blitz. I mean, there are teams that blitz just as much as them. And it's also more complicated than just blitz. Like, what does that mean? Like, where is the pressure coming from? What types of pressures? What the communication has to be? But it also feels like, he keeps saying something to this effect to kind of put it out there. Like maybe it's a little much, man. Like maybe you're just bringing it down (laughs) on us a little too much and we need to simulate something else. But camp is not over yet. Anyway, when they get into the portion where they're going to prepare for the bucks, this is like the install of offense and defense. And I know he was talking about, do I win the rep or do I work on the play and that sort of thing, which is a challenge for them. But I think as they go into the later part of camp, they will focus on that. But that seemed to be a point of uh, like where Cousins was smiling, but in a way like, are you smiling about this though? Or have you been a little bit agitated? I also think that if Brian Flores is agitating his own quarterback, he'll probably agitate lots of other quarterbacks as well. Is, Is that the biggest source of intrigue? for you for this team, because I think there's a lot of potential uh, intriguing points, including they've moved on from so many players after winning 13 games. They also, you know, have a quarterback that's going into a contract year where he doesn't have an extension. He doesn't know where he's playing after next year, a first round wide receiver who you didn't get to see, unfortunately, because he was banged up and missed these two practices, but that's somebody they might be relying on a lot. KJ Osborne stepping up into a different role. Hawkinson doesn't have a contract. JJ doesn't have a contract. Like there's a lot going on here. This is such a fascinating organization because it can really go either direction. I'm sure that's probably a central theme mm-hmm. here on the podcast at purple insider because, and I know you're a fan of it. It's, it's smart for a team. If you're really not dead set certain, like we need to go for it right now then you can't do what the Rams did. I mean, look at the Rams defense. Outside of Aaron Donald, I don't know if the average fan knows anybody on that defense. You are going to have to tear it down. So 
with Kirk Cousins, you know you have a top 15, top 12, maybe top 10 quarterback. Um, so are, are you going to just push all your chips in? Probably not. Right. But you can talk yourself into being a contender with him, especially with maybe the best non-quarterback in the sport and Justin Jefferson. So you don't, you have him ascending and you're going to pay him. You don't want to just shift into rebuild mode, but yeah, I mean, you, I, I get, I get the logic in the competitive rebuild, whatever you want to call it, because I think it's Joe Shane with the giants called it uh compete for today, build for tomorrow. I know it all, it all sounds cliche, but it is true. They can win the NFC with this team. They can just outscore teams. But what if everything falls apart and you realize, okay, Kirk Cousins is only going to take us so far, then you have to find a new quarterback via the draft, via trade, something creative. And then where are you as a franchise? Who who really knows? So I kind of like the fact that they're in this middle ground. Usually I, I wouldn't. Right. Usually it means yeah. like you're, what are you? Like eight and eight or nine and eight zone is not the best place to be, but. I'm of the argument like those those one score games mean something like they did something culturally where it does quantify itself on the field. I'm not just going to write this off as a lucky team. I think those games, those moments, they that, that's something that can stick. And we're going to find out, I guess. And then we'll find out how good Kirk Cousins really is because for the first time in a long time, he's got the same system, the same coaches around him. He's got the best wide receiving core maybe in the NFL. Right, right up there. Top five. One of the best tight ends. Uh it's all set up. You can talk here. I'm doing it right now. You can talk yourself into the Vikings winning some playoff games, doing some damage. But similar to the Detroit Lions, you have to see major changes on defense. We don't know where that's going to go. The nature of the NFC, though, why why wouldn't you do what they're doing right now? And, yeah, you had to shed some salaries. Darius Smith, you had to do some things. But why wouldn't you try to win with this core that you still have? So uh, there's a scenario that I, I has come to mind to me just watching practice that I hadn't thought of really before when discussing the competitive rebuild, which is what if the offense is amazing and the defense has the same problem again and they win eight games because of it. And I mean, I generally agree with you on the one score thing. It's a little overblown and that's having watched all of them. A lot of the games they were winning and they outplayed their opponent, but at the same time they gave up a lead at the end or let the other team get close. And not all one score games are invented equal. Not all of them are ping ponging back and forth. There are some one score games where you dominated and had a win percentage of 90% all the way through. And then the other team gets a touchdown at the end. They were more like a 10 win team than a 13 win team. Some of the outside world's acting like they were a five win team and they were just horrendous and whatever. But what if the offense ends up being really good and because they didn't spend enough on the defensive side, they come short of being a real contender. Is there a case to look at it and go, maybe you missed a chance there. Like maybe you should have just paid Zadarius Smith more money. Maybe you should have just signed like three more veteran players instead of putting Makai Blackman who got hurt today or Jawan Williams or whatever found a way or sacrifice the future again. There is, there is a small part of me that says, that that could get brought up at the end if they go 11 wins and they get to the playoffs and have a great offensive performance like they did last year and lose on a final drive because they couldn't make a stop. That we were like, well, I guess it was a good season, but wait, did should you have just done some things in the offseason to make that defense actually better? That's the second <laughs> yeah. guess, I think. It's a fascinating uh, hypothetical because look at the general manager. 
Quasi Dofomensa is a numbers guy. Mm -hmm. You know about those numbers. Mm -hmm. Author of, here we go. Can we get it on the screen? I do, yeah. Football is a numbers game. There it is. Pre-sale. Pre-sale. Pre get yourself a copy Go to right Amazon. Now. Football is a numbers game. They have one of the best numbers GMs in sports, right? There's nobody with this background, really. It's unbelievable where he comes from, what he's seen. So you, as an organization, you leaned into this. This is what you signed up for. Like you signed up for a GM who isn't going to just completely mortgage future years to win now. Right. And uh, I'm not saying it's right. But that, that That's what they signed up for. So you're right. If the offense goes out there, they light it up. They show, okay, we can absolutely hang 30 on anybody mm -hmm. in the playoffs, by the way but the defense can't hold this water, then I think that criticism is warranted because at the you, you're judged on wins and losses and the, and the goal isn't just to make the playoffs. The goal is to win a Super Bowl. Right. And and you can make the case like with where those playmakers are offensively, why wouldn't you just go for it right now? Mm -hmm. I don't really have a strong opinion either way. You know, I, I'd love to just sit here and say, hell yeah, of course they should have found a way to pinch pennies here and mm -hmm. put up with the dead money down there. But – Hell, I mean, if you do that, you could be stuck like Tampa Bay, like Green Bay. I mean, they went all in on Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, respectively. And now, what, what does Green Bay have? Like fifty-seven million dead cap money. Like they didn't, they didn't sign anybody. I mean, Tavarius Moore. I think at safety. That was it. Mm -hmm. They could. The Vikings don't want to put themselves in that place. They don't think it's worth it. It's probably the right move. Probably the right move. Folks, late summer and fall are always a crazy time for me with football, and I have hardly any time for a good meal. I'm always finding myself in drive throughs and running around, but that is changing with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They can help you just like they're helping me. Fuel up with fast, chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Refresh your healthy habits like I'm trying to do this summer without missing a beat. You could choose from 34 weekly flavor-packed dietitian approved meals ready to eat in two minutes, which is great for me because I'm always running out to football practice. Round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like our delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, potato and bacon, egg skillet. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff to choose from here. Easy wellness boost. You can even try their cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. This August, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash purple50 and use the code purple50 to get 50% off. That's code purple50 at factormeals.com slash purple50 for 50% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, I also think that when you sign like Michael Pierce or something like they did in years past or Sheldon Richardson, if that signing doesn't work out, that player isn't here for long and you just wasted a bunch of cap space. You may have had to give them void years, whatever, and you've hurt yourself. I, I think that they did the right thing. So I, I'm, I'm sort of presenting a little bit of a devil's advocate situation because I think if w- what really happens that we all think is going to happen, which this team will be competitive, mm-hmm. but they are not quite to the level that we would start saying a Super Bowl favorite going into the season. No one thinks that Vegas doesn't think that probably Quasiadafomensis projections don't think that uh, because you're making your decisions based on those, but also you have to get yourself cap healthy at some point. So when the time comes to take a real shot, you can do it. It's just what you n- almost never see is a team that is like this, but has Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Normally you see a team that's like this. that has Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback yeah. or Josh McCown or some like filler Andy Dalton, where you're just trying to kind of get through that season and see what happens. But maybe you make the playoffs and you're a good story. If it's Tyrod Taylor, but if you're in a win now type of situation um, with like the offense that you have, normally you're not saying we're competitive rebuilding, right? You know, you know, like it's usually not, Oh, well this side of the ball, they could do it. Or you get rid of the quarterback in that case, like the lions, they just went, you know what? We're not in a position to be great. We're going to have to rebuild. So let's move on for Matthew Stafford and, and just, you know, start the rebuild from there. So I think that's what makes it interesting. I I've been calling it bold is the way I'd be going with it. That normally teams try to run it back. Normally they just say, we're going to ride this all the way until regression punches us in the face. And I think what they're trying to do is catch it before in a way, you know, like try to catch it on the way down and refresh the roster. And also sometimes, you know, this from Buffalo, man, like older players, when they start to fade, they might be worse than younger players. Like just because they were good three years ago. All right. So all of that stuff, I think plays into the intrigue around this team. Let's not forget too. They drafted a wide receiver in the first round. Like they, they triple down on what they do best. Yeah. Like moving the ball through the air, being dynamic. That, selection alone tells me like they, they are they are going for it like you are the rich get richer like they could have added a defensive player one of the worst defenses in franchise history why why wouldn't you add somebody on that side of the ball green bay drafts a defensive player first round every year it seems um but i i love it i think that was smart like you this is what you do well and this is another year in the system it's a complicated system um i think kirk cousins is going to be more comfortable in it even with brian Flores throwing everything at him that that to me signals that they're still going for it, right? Yeah, and they're not they it, it they got to be such a hard team to read because they're not going to be at the podium telling you exactly what the plan is. It's kind of like a blend, and you have to judge them by their actions. I I and you've seen him in practice, Jordan Addison, mm-hmm. as talented as he is, that they are going to win games. Yeah, and for sure, they're going to be in the mix late in the season. I, I just can't, cause Kirk Cousins isn't just going to, he isn't going to fall off the face. Is he? Is he? Like, I don't it, think so. <laughs> I, you I know mean, what I, you're going to get high. He's not going to have eight fourth quarter comebacks. That's probably not going to happen. 
Yeah. So there, that's where the regression will come from. But I think like, but statistically he didn't have a great year statistically. Like it was one of his lowest like QBR PFF grade because the offense is harder for him to operate. So there are more mistakes and more negative plays to go along with the higher upside. But the, what makes it so interesting is that they have laid out their plan to us publicly. That almost doesn't happen. And then they followed through with it with the moves that they made. So they said competitive rebuild and then they did it. And there's been a little fan reaction of, oh, they actually did it. Like they actually got rid of Dalvin Cook. They did what they said they were going to do and how it plays out. We'll see through the season. But to your point, it is absolutely true that they are trying to win games. Like they didn't hire Brian Flores for him to come in and mess around. They are trying to win games, but also refresh the roster at the same time, which is walking a tightrope in sports. And like you said, pretty much nobody does it. Uh, did you enjoy watching Justin Jefferson at training camp? He's unbelievable. Oh my gosh. It's, we talked about it last night at dinner. How did that many teams pass on him? Right. Was it really just the uncertainty about the slot? Which yes, is insane. it really was. It really was at his size, what he can do athletically, his quickness, like in and out of breaks. It's, it's phenomenal. And it's going to be really fascinating to see Kirk cousins talked about this today, right? Like they are expecting a lot of attention to be umbrellaed over Justin Jefferson this year. I mean, they're going to line them up everywhere, move them everywhere. There's a lot of tape of them within this offense now. And you don't want to just like look the other way if you're Kirk cousins. And I think that was encouraging. If you're a Vikings fan, it's not like he's just going to say, okay, I'm going to target KJ Osborne was really good today too. Like target, target him 15 times and Justin Jefferson five. Like you got to get the ball to your playmakers. And that's what I kind of love about Kirk Cousins game is he will give him a chance. Think about the play against the bills, right? Like just put it up there. Like don't overthink this situation. Like just get the ball to your playmakers instead of trying to be cute and maybe do it. He did his last throw of the season. You know, they want less of that. I haven't brought it up even less than 400 times probably through the offseason <laughs> it's come you on more of the former less of the latter it, and i know, think that's what you're going to get they're going to find a way to get him yeah. the ball kirk cousins has been a monster for number one wide receivers like his whole career he has unless mike zimmer made him hand it off all the time he has been really good for deshaun jackson in washington for stefan diggs adam thielen in 2018 and, and ever since jefferson came into the league he really pushes the ball to his number one wide receiver. The question is, will this be the time where opposing defenses figure out answers to that? Mm. And also here's another question for you. How much is the greatest receiver on earth worth? Because they are in the midst of a negotiation that has not come to fruition yet for a contract extension. I would just give him anything he wants. I don't even think it's a ne much of a nego negotiation, right? E even though we see rookie receivers perform right away. There's a lot of talented receivers in the NFL with the way the college game is set up. Even, even then he's, he's in a different stratosphere. There's a reason everybody's taking him first overall in their fantasy drafts. I mean, he's just so unbelievably talented. You know, I just, before I forget, I wanted to ask you a question. Like I'm really fascinated by, okay, the numbers are driving these decisions, competitive rebuild, being smart. And it's also a really happy building now post Zimmer. Like people are happy to go to work with, for Kevin O'Connell, but like letting Wait, they weren't during Zimmer. No. Did you report anything on that? Should we do? Let's do another podcast. Hey, you're back in the building. So it was, I wasn't going to bring him true. up. I think everybody's sick of the Mike Zimmer talk. So, but you're back in the building. 
So it was all true. Uh, go on. So like, <laughs> exactly right. Um, I lost my train of thought. Okay, so all everybody's happy here, right? And they're they're making smart decisions, competitive rebuild. But when you do cut ties with vets that had you know a really good reputation in the locker room you know eric hendricks wasn't going to make sense probably in this defense he's got a lot of wear on the tire i i get it um dalvin cook the metrics don't look good for him um, but he's still dalvin cook he's still highly respected i'm sure in that room you know does that have an effect on culture like could that have a negative um ripple effect like as they get into these games like you can you you do need some veterans around. Like you do need those guys in different position rooms that are going to speak up, say this is how we do things, this is the standard. Because I know with the Packers, it did kind of start to go south when they lost some of those veterans. Like you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't have to be a leader in 2010, 2011. Like he didn't have to be a leader. He was just really, really talented, didn't have to speak up. And then a lot of those veterans got old. Maybe they should have kept some. They were probably right to let some other ones go. He was thrust into a leadership role that he is still probably ill-equipped to handle as Aaron Rodgers. Um, oh, no. Hard Knocks is making him look great. You know, that's the thing. You know, if there was cameras in our face throughout the day, I'm sure we would just be ourselves, mm -hmm. right? We wouldn't act any differently. No. If there's a lens three inches from your eyeball. Yeah, don't get me going. But do you think that that has an effect? Like, could they, should they have kept a Dalvin Cook around just because he's Dalvin freaking Cook? Guys love him. And he's good for the room, right? And and you just have to pay a little bit more than you want because of all that other stuff that matters in a locker room. And and this could be also a, a bit of a Kirk Cousins test because last year it was a extremely veteran team and extremely leadership heavy team. You mentioned Kendricks, one of the best leaders I've ever been around. Patrick Peterson, an incredible Patrick leader. Peterson, another uh, one, yeah. Sorry, Arizona. I don't know what you guys were doing, but Patrick Peterson was such a great fit here. All of us were like, well, that was the guy Arizona had some trouble with. Like, I don't get it. I must have been on their side, but uh, just a great leader for their room. As you mentioned, Delvin Cook, a uh, by example type of player. And a lot of a lot of those guys are set the example for everybody. And that's where it starts with those Adam Thielen, right? right. Yeah, Minnesota absolutely. zone. Absolutely. Uh, I would also say that a lot of them had their run and they were here and they didn't get anywhere since 2017. They didn't get uh, other than one playoff win in New Orleans as the wild card. That's it. And at some point you just have to go, well, I get it. There's leaders, but here's your next wave. It's now Byron Murphy Jr. has a chance to become a leader on this team. He isn't one yet, but he can be. He's 25 years old. He signed a multi-year contract. So let's see. Let's see that. And if that doesn't work out, you find somebody else. Uh, let's see. Well, KJ Osborne's a, a free agent after this year, so he might not be here. But TJ Hawkinson signed an extension. Justin Jefferson can come more into that role with Adam Thielen not here. Yeah. A lot of times also on the team, it comes down to Kirk Cousins and the quarterback. I think when things have gone wrong in the past, there has been a little bit of a, all right, well, it's Mike Zimmer's team, so I'm just here to do my job. But with Kevin O'Connell as the coach, is that acceptable? Probably not, right? I mean, because it's a former quarterback as your coach who has empowered his quarterback to take ownership of this team. But the thing that's working against him is he doesn't have a contract extension. Right, he's a lame duck. Yeah. But I don't know how much that affects Kirk. He's a different guy. The reason there's, there's two reasons that Kirk cousins is who he is. 
One, he works like a maniac on every single detail. The other thing is he doesn't let anything get to him or at least impact how he plays. He just powers through no contract, contract, ESPN trashing him for losing a Monday night game. It, it just does not matter. And uh, he's always the same quarterback. And and from so from that end, I think that he'll lead in the same way that you would expect. But, you know, you have Brian O'Neill who's been here a while. Derisaw's coming into his own. I think it's just time for a refresh of that group as well. And could it result in regression this year? Yes. But I think what the team has said, and I would agree with this, is if that's the case, then that's okay. That Then you know who you have to replace and what you have to replace after this year. So perfectly said. A leadership void can be a can be a good thing. I didn't really thought about it in that terms. Like the Minneapolis miracle. Feels like it was yesterday. Six years ago. They're all gone. Six years ago. Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith. I think that's it. Yeah. The only guys who are left. You you've got to allow other players the opportunity to step up into those roles too. Right? And then you just listed off some names. It could go the other way, but that's the gamble. That's the risk worth taking here because if it doesn't work out guess what you're you're still in a good state financially folks we've got a bunch of sports teams here in town and also for someone like myself i always like to try to catch a ball game when i am traveling to cover football in a different city but one of the problems is that tickets can be such a hassle and buying tickets for your favorite events should not be as stressful as it is well Game time is fast and easy, a great way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets with their best price guarantee, so you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have at your event. They have flash deals on last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every type of sporting event in your area, images of the seat views, and the lowest price guarantee the lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection as well. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning for months in advance. Who's got time for that? Game time has deals right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals for football, basketball, baseball, anything you're looking for. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So make sure you get those tickets today with game time, a no stress experience. Download the game time app, create an account and use the code insider for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem with the code insider for $20 off. Download the game day app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It just, it all comes back to the future of the quarterback. If you told me that it all blew up, nothing worked. Kirk fell off. Defense was horrible. And they finished six and 11. Everybody else outside of here would be like, oh man, those Vikings, unreal. They just fell apart. But this this here podcast would be like, that sounds like you're drafting pretty high for a quarterback. So I don't know. I think it's all part of the calculus that you say, all right, we're going to take some shots on Marcus Davenport and some other players like this, put in some rookies, see what happens. And if it doesn't work, if Jordan Addison doesn't work in year one, if Cousins does regress in his mid-30s, he is pretty old for a non-legendary quarterback well then that's a gamble we're willing to take because the the wrong side of that is actually right because you have openness at the quarterback position in the future uh speaking of quarterback position i want to ask you about jordan love because you have done a good amount of reporting on jordan love and i think that what Vikings fans are talking themselves into is that there's no way that jordan love could be anywhere near the last two guys <laughs> And, and I have, I have friends from Minnesota who have said that they remember the day Favre left and how they celebrated and said, there's no way he's going to be as good as Favre. And then he was, uh, what, what do you make of Jordan love? I feel like you have done more diving into this with Jordan love than anybody I know. I don't know what he's looked like in training camp. I'm not sure that that matters that much or to projecting a whole season, but I'm sure that Minnesotans are curious about any Jordan Love information. Yeah, I think that if you're comparing Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers, there's no comparison. But if you're comparing Jordan Love 2023 to Aaron Rodgers 2022, give me love. Because Aaron Rodgers wasn't that good last year. He was. He blew off the offseason. You know, he signed the richest contract in the NFL. And what did he do? He didn't show up for OTAs. He's he has taken, I, I swear that, that pay cut that he took with the jets. That is, that is very on brand for Aaron Rodgers to, to, to stick it to green Bay, to st- stick it to somebody in his life on the way out. Like he, it frustrated the Packers these last few years when the quarterback wanted weapons, but financially wasn't given the flexibility to find that weapon to go with Devontae Adams. So anyways, I digress. Don't get me going on him. Let's stick to football here. But so that's always welcome here on the show. I figured I was pandering, but I, I Aaron Rodgers last season, like if there was pressure, if somebody blitzed, if he was corralled, it, it just felt like the play was over. And at other times he just didn't even see the field. He wasn't seeing the field. Well, he had open receivers. Um, and I, I think a lot of that had to do with him blowing off the off season, not working as hard as he did years past um, mentally he didn't really seem into it right didn't really want to work with the younger receivers going on McAfee saying hey if you don't know what you're doing you should be benched it's like well, should the Packers be benching you then because the season really did kind of fall apart those back-to-back-to-back losses I think it was what the Giants the Jets and Commanders um, and they, they they were barely running the football that's what Matt LaFleur wanted to do that's the strength of the team Aaron Jones AJ Dillon Yet Aaron Rodgers is at the line of scrimmage, throwing audibles out, doing all these hand signals. It works when you've got Devontae Adams out there, who you have tens of thousands of reps with. Like he can go to that audible that worked five years ago. It doesn't work with rookies. 
So I think for what Aaron Rodgers was last year, what Jordan Love could be this year, Love is better. He's younger. He's more athletic. I was just talking to a King, Kingsley Enigbare. Should know how to say the name of the player I just did a profile on. Um, and he said, look, Jordan Love can do things in this offense that Aaron couldn't do. RPOs. Hello. Aaron Rodgers is no threat to right. run for a first down off of an RPO. So you're just not going to even do it improvisation, second reaction. That stuff really wasn't part of the offense last year. Jordan Love can do all that. So I get it. The receiving core is ultra, ultra raw, ultra, ultra green. They couldn't sign anybody even if they wanted to. Um, rookies everywhere, second year weapons everywhere. But the line's still pretty good. The running game should still be pretty good. And to answer your question, I think Jordan Love just what, – what people don't get is he, he worked his butt off. Like he has been working – behind the scenes. It's not cliche. Like we saw what Josh Allen did with the work ethic. We saw what Jalen Hurts did with the work ethic. If you've got the right people around you, the right coaches around you and something special to your game, a big arm, athleticism, some youth, special things can happen. I don't know if he's going to be a top 10 quarterback, but I think he's going to be good and he could be good enough for this team to get to the playoffs. So I heard uh, Sam Monson of PFF make a comparison to Jordan Love based on his numbers from college, which I know is really hard to figure out. But and the way that we've seen him play in a very small sample size of preseason games and a couple of little appearances in the NFL is a Jameis Winston type player with a better head and faster. Like Winston was not a runner, but where where he's coming from for that is the the general recklessness at times. And being accurate at times, but also very wild with the football. And that's what it's looked like in some of the preseason action. And from what I read on a daily basis from Packers reporters is that it can just be wild. Although there's a Ryan Fitzpatrick comparison there too. Fitzpatrick was a pretty good athlete. He could run, he would put his shoulder into somebody, but you know, he could have a great game. He would have lots of great games, beat the Patriots, had an amazing game. But at the same time, he could be all over the place. And I think that's hard to solve. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard to just like take that out of somebody. I remember when Sam Darnold came out and a lot of people yeah. went, oh, don't worry, through all those interceptions in college. Like, ah, well, you know, that might play into it. I think it's, I mean, it makes for more intrigue there. But I do think there's a point to be made that Rodgers was bad last year. He had a bad attitude and he played like it. And I don't know. Like his last memory at Lambeau field is melting down against Detroit and losing that game and missing the playoffs because of it. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I think that in green Bay, they have to be interested in something new that that thing just became so gross. Uh, you know, and the McAfee show played into it with him coming on every day and just spinning all the narratives in the way that he wanted to and everything else like that. That relationship was so toxic that it was kind of reminds me of Zimmer here where Zimmer is a great coach. Rogers is a great quarterback, but when you have that atmosphere, it is very hard to win. The players are very excited to run the offense as written by Matt LaFleur, right? right. right? They, there were two different offenses within one. Don't take it from me. Marquez Valdez Scanley. We sat down for a feature on his life two years ago. He brought it up like, look, there's two two different playbooks here. There, there's what Matt LaFleur calls, and then there's what Aaron Rodgers does at the line of scrimmage. And I think that for young players, your head's already spinning. That's really hard to manage. You've got a demanding quarterback who's going to give you a death stare when you screw up, by the way. 
and it's hard to get on his intellectual level. Um, he's the smartest person in every room if you just ask him. So it, that's a difficult quarterback to play with. I think that there is a, a a relief from everybody. Like, okay, we're all on the same page. Like, we. Well, what do you hear from players all the time? Like, they just want to be able to play fast. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Rex Ryan, his defense was genius. If you've got the veterans who know it inside and out. Those Bills players, I mean, their heads were spinning like a top. They had players running on the field, off the field, right before the ball snapped. They weren't playing fast. It wasn't the Jim Schwartz defense from the year before, see ball, get ball. Like, apply that to the offense. Like, you want to be able to go out there, know exactly what you're going to do, do it without needing to overthink. I think there was so much overthinking around Aaron Rodgers last year where oh, guys can just run the offense. They can rely on their God-given abilities and their speed and their athleticism, everything you show up to watch. It is a relief. And that and that's just talking about football. That's not even talking about the fact that he can be a, a pain in the rear, right? Like it can... I haven't noticed. I, was there something he did? Uh, but you're on great terms with him, so it's it's all good. He's, hey, he's welcome on to the Go Long podcast <laughs> any anytime. Uh, okay, so before I uh, let you go, and you got to go home and write all the stuff that you gathered here, uh, wh- how do you think the NFC North plays out? Like, give me the where everybody yeah. finishes. That's such a good question because it can really go anywhere. So I guess process of elimination, I don't think the Chicago Bears are a threat. Look, they did some good things. DJ Moore, if he is what A.J. Brown was to Jalen Hurts, what Stephon Diggs was to young Josh Allen, like that's what they're going for here. Maybe he has that effect. I I don't know. I believe it when I see it, especially with the offensive line and how bad that, that was last season. So they'll be fourth. Ah, man, I, I really love what the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. are doing. And it's it's kind of similar. Bad defenses, some big changes in different ways. Here it's with the coaching staff. There, Aaron Glenn is still the, the coach. He's still the coordinator, but they completely reset the secondary. Yeah. Um, four out of the new five defensive backs starting in nickel are, are going to be brand new. So, yeah, personnel changes have been wide-ranging. And the Detroit's offense is – Got ben Johnson is a schematic genius. He, he knows how to dial things up. It's, it's so based on the scheme. Here, I feel like yeah, Kevin O'Connell, I don't want to take anything away from him, seems brilliant down those lines too, but you've got dudes yeah. that Detroit doesn't have. Right. I don't know what I'd rather have. I don't know which offense I'd rather have. Probably Detroit by a little bit if you look offensive at the numbers. Line. If and their offensive line is healthy, they're great. I was just going to say that because it starts on the offensive line. Their line is loaded, maybe the best in the sport. So I'm – not really going process of elimination here, but I, I think right now I would go Detroit one green Bay, Minnesota is a toss up. I think I kind of like the youth on green Bay's offense. I'm on a Vikings podcast though. So I'll go Minnesota too for the sake of this podcast. There, there are skeptics. There are skeptics who uh, watch and listen. So I, I had, I had one, <laughs> I had one podcast where I had two guests and one guest thought the Vikings are going to win six games, and the other thought they're going to win eleven games. So, like that's how it goes. Uh, we have yeah, all sorts it's, of it's, opinions here. I really, I, I think though those two teams it could go either direction for for much different reasons. But I think that Detroit is is, is a notch above, is a step above, and, and the Dan Campbell has, I mean, what he's done behind the scenes. Um, similar here culturally, but they're they're a confident bunch. That's for sure. I still have uh, Detroit as the favorite because I don't care that their name is Detroit. It's like 
that doesn't matter what you did in 1996. Um, Scott Mitchell. That probably was a good team in 96, right? It probably was. Yeah. Scott Mitchell, not relevant. Was 90, one of those years, Scott Mitchell went off and threw for like 4,000 yards. Brett Perriman. Yeah, exactly. Johnny Morton, Herman Moore, David Sloan, the big old tight end. David Schlesinger in the backfield. Ah, that's right. Is it Corey Schlesinger? Corey Schlesinger. Did I say David? Yeah, yeah. David Sloan, Corey Schlesinger. Yeah. In the back. Well, let's just name off random '90s Lions. Lomas players. Brown at the left Robert tackle. Porsche. You had Mel Gray returning punts. Robert Porsche, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Chris Spielman. There was some, yeah, Chris Spielman. There was that. Yeah. I mean, those were some good teams. Uh, Jerry Ball was probably yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> this is like uh, people have asked me to do a like live immaculate grid, so I'm gonna have to start doing that where I just pull it up. Um, we heard about your immaculate grid prowess. Today, I, by the way. I, it's not that I have great scores. It's that I never miss one. It's like, I never guess wrong. That was what I said. I was not saying I'm the best player of all time. I'm just saying that I've never guessed wrong. I always fill in the whole thing and I always get one. So anyway, sometimes it takes me all day, but that's not the point. Go long TD. You should know it already. You might. Uh, but it is an incredible project that you have built from the ground up, similar to Purple Insider. It's phenomenal long-form writing, analysis, opinions, columns, articles, and the best in-depth features in the entire universe. So go long, TD, Tyler Dunn. And your book on tight ends was phenomenal. Uh, Blood you. and Guts. I, I also read that. We talked about it for the show. So uh, great to see you, man. Great to hang out a little bit. I'm really glad we could make time for a little podcast in this very purple room. And uh, we will get together again very soon. Pleasure all here. Thank you, my man.